The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Sure are. Hello there. Once again, we are back. It is Wednesday night. It is 7.07 and we are ready. I hope you are as well. Employment Law Show. Phone lines open. 416-870-6400. Ready to answer all of your questions. If you're looking at possibly going back to work slowly but surely, you're not sure how that's going to plan out. Uh, you'll want to give us a call. Whether you're an employee looking to go back to work or an employer, you want to call us here. 416-870-6400. Lots to discuss today. We'll get to some of your emails. And the topic of you must do something about it when. We'll go through some of those bullet points as well. But first, as always, pal, you start with the uh, the week that was. How are you? Hey John, uh, doing good. Actually, feeling uh, feeling good. I, I like to see the fact that uh, businesses are reopening. Oh, People are getting okay. back to work. So you know, in, it reinvigorates me, and I think a lot of us. So hopefully, that's a sign for better things to come for everyone. Uh, but that does not mean that employment laws don't uh, continue, and employment law issues uh, disappear. They don't. And there's new issues right now with respect to going back to work. And do you have to go back to work? And what happens if you're, uns- you're feeling unsafe or if you have a medical condition? What happens if your job gets changed? So we're ready to talk about that and everything else about uh, under the rubric of employment law. Call us right now with your questions. If you're not sure what your rights are, or if your employer said something or did something, and you just want to know, hey, is this right? I'm just not so sure about it. Call us right now. Or maybe you have a question about your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife. Whatever it is, call us. Let's answer those questions. As I said, employment laws are still here. They still are quite enhanced and protect you, and they're quite, uh, quite good, actually. So let's talk about that. Now, the week there was, John, a couple of situations that came across my desk over the first uh, few a few days. So uh, this lady that called me actually earlier this morning, earlier today, she had been working from home since uh, mid-March because of the COVID virus. Uh, her and her colleagues have all been working from home, and she was quite happy about that. It, it worked really well. Well, she got a call uh, late last week saying, well, we're reopening. And we need you and everyone else, of course, to start start coming back to work, to, to the office. Well, with her, she was very concerned because she has diabetes. She also has a heart condition. Uh, so because of that, she has a very compromised immune system. So she was very, very concerned about going back to work. Well, she did the right thing. She got a doctor's note saying she needs to be accommodated and allowed to continue working from home. It's exactly what I would have told her to do. Well, wouldn't you know it, her employer says, no, no, uh, everyone is in the same boat. We can't make exceptions for you. We're asking everyone to come in. So, sorry, we expect you in. That's when she called me today. So, John, here's the thing. She has the right to be accommodated, okay? It's uh, under that human rights legislation. If you have a medical condition and that medical condition can be accommodated, the employer must accommodate. In this situation, the accommodation was to continue working from home. If her doctor is saying she has a medical condition, if her doctor is saying she needs to be accommodated, really it's not up to the employer to say no. And the fact that, well, it's not fair to the others, honestly, it's irrelevant. It does not matter. So she now, not only should she be accommodated uh, by refusing to accommodate her, that's a human rights violation. It could potentially also be a termination. It's wrong, it's illegal, I'm gonna help her resolve it. But I wanted to remind all of you there as well, if you do have a medical condition that would prevent you, according to your doctor, from going back to work, get a doctor's note, okay? Make sure that your doctor puts that, that, that in writing. 
and then your employer has to allow you to be off work or if they can accommodate you by allowing you to work from home, they have to do that. If they don't do that, if they give you a hard time, if your employer is trying to uh, ignore what your doctor is saying, reach out to me. Let's have a chat. Let me help you. That number reaching out, by the way, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Got another matter to uh, talk about. Want to quickly bounce over to the uh, the phone call, 416-870-6400. Axel, good evening. Hey, how are you tonight? Good. What's happening, pal? Uh, I'm phoning in regards to my daughter. She works at an amusement park. Obviously, it's seasonal. Yep. Now, she doesn't want a phone just in case her voice gets recognized. But in regards to this amusement park, obviously, it's probably not going to be open. They're not even giving her a definitive answer at this moment. Uh, what are her... Um, what is she entitled to in regards to her uh, common law severance? Mm-hmm. As she's only been an employee for short all season last year, and it's non-union. So here's how this works, Axel. If they're not allowed to open up, if the government says, amusement parks, you guys have to stay closed, if that's what ha- ends up happening then she's not owed severance because her employer doesn't have the option to open. So she simply stays off, and and unfortunately she's not owed anything. If they're allowed to open, if the government says, yeah, you're allowed, but they decide not to for business reasons, for other reasons, then at that point, yes, it becomes a termination, and she's going to be owed severance. And I'm assuming she's a fairly young lady. She worked there one season. She may be looking at you know three weeks' pay, something in, in that order. Uh, so that's what's at stake, but it really comes down to whether or not they are actually allowed to open or whether they're not allowed to open. If they're not allowed to open, government says, no, you guys have to stay shut, then there's no severance, unfortunately. Yeah, oh, okay, well, I just thought I'd phone on her behalf and sure. get her some information in regards to what she's entitled to, if she's entitled to anything. So... Uh, government says no you can't open then it's like well uh you're not entitled to she may qualify for for the crb she may qualify for student benefits but she would not get any severance unfortunately axel yeah okay great thank you very much for your time thanks pal appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your evening and uh we'll move on to one more here for sure as they come in 416-870-6400 luke thanks for hanging on how are you Still got, oh, oh, we lost we Luke. Just, Luke is gone. Hey, that that that, that question from Axel uh, makes me think about it. You know, as a, a big announcement yesterday, the CNE is not happening this year, and it's just crushing everybody's soul who grew up in this city because it's yeah. a tradition. It has been since you know the last time it was World War II. They didn't have it. Now, is that provincially or municipally mandated, or the CEO or not CEO, the CNE? brass decided not to open because of obviously you know co- close contact and COVID 19 do you know which one it was yeah at this point i think the the the, the actual cne brass decided they're not going to open uh okay. so so you know the interesting thing is this 
this actually may be a termination because at some point the government may say these types of uh, you know places can open. And if they do that, if they say that, and the CNE employees are not back at work, that actually is a termination. So they would be owed severance. Uh, it really does depend on what the government ultimately decides to do. They may say, no, sorry, but you, you can't open before uh, next year, in which case it's not uh, termination. We'll have to see uh, how it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough call because, I mean, you've been down there with your kids. It's impossible to do physical distancing down there. So even if they were allowed to, it was like, guys, we can't do this. We can't keep up your physical distancing, distancing mandate. So almost by proxy, they're being told they can't open. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think as a practical matter, even if they wanted to open, they wouldn't have been able to anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think ultimately it will be a termination. It would have to be a situation where somehow the, the virus goes away or we find a, a vaccine next month, which unfortunately doesn't look like <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen that soon. Uh, second week that was before we line up some more calls. What else you got going on, brother? Yeah, I spoke with a, a gentleman who uh, right before COVID hit, so I think it was in, in, in February, he had announced to his employer that he's retiring uh, effective the end of this year. Uh, so just you know, employer, you've been there for 30 years. I'm retiring end of the year. No problem. Gr- uh, you know, congratulations. All good. Well, then COVID hits a few weeks later. Now he's off work. He's on the layoffs, not getting paid, uh, has other financial obligations, thinks, holy cow, I'm not going to be able to afford to retire. So contacts the company and says, just so you know, I'm not retiring. I I don't know how much longer I'm going to have to work, but there's no way I'm going to be able to financially afford to retire this year. So I'm going to be working. Well, to his surprise, they're right back and they say, well, no, uh, what are you talking about? You told us two months ago, whatever it was, that you're retiring. So we expect you to retire. We've accepted your retirement. And, you know, you don't have a job after the end of the year. He he called me. He was very confused, very upset. And here's the thing, John. The fact that he took his retirement back when there's still, I don't know, eight months in the year means he's allowed to do that. If, if you're taking your retirement back, you know, very close to, to the end date, then that's fine. An employer doesn't have to allow you. But in this situation, given the fact that it's not like they went and hired someone new, it's not like that they spent a lot of money because they thought he's retiring, he is allowed to take his retirement back. And the fact mm. that they're not letting him, it now becomes a termination. So guess what? If, in fact, at the end of the year, they tell him, no, no, you're really out of here, they're going to have to pay him severance, potentially two years' pay. So I wanted to bring this up to remind everyone that with a resignation, with a termination, uh, sorry, with a retirement, in most cases, you can actually take it back. And if your employer won't allow you to take it back, that becomes a termination at that point. 416-870-6400 is the number to reach through. We'll get Brett here before we uh, we break because we've got a bit of time. Hi, Brett. Thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Um, I wanted to talk about my mother-in-law. She works for a company um, uh, that's a retail for clothing, and it's going to be going out of business due to uh, legal issues with the owner. It's a very large company. Um, so essentially, it's oh, well, as I can tell you, it's going to be Nygaard. They're going to be going out of business. So they're going to be – she's a store manager, and she's doing it for about six or seven years now. And what they've said to them prior to COVID, we weren't sure what was going on. COVID then happens. They lay them off during the period of COVID time. Then, during that time, they say, we're going to be going into bankruptcy and we're going to be liquidating the assets. Okay? What they did say to them, if they come back from COVID, they would then be part of the company. They would still work liquidating, and then, then that would be it, and there's no guarantee they're going to get severance. 
if they do not come back after the this period of time, when they go back into retail, obviously when they come back from COVID, they said that if they don't come back, they get no they get no severance, and they're not they're not entitled to their vacation, which she hasn't taken this year. So my question is, is she is she if she doesn't go back, and knowing that they're going to be going into um, liquidation, and it's only going to be for a, a certain period of time, is that enough time? Like what I'm saying is, does she have enough time to? Where if she went back, would they still owe her severance for her entire period of time? Um, for during the liquidation, like I'm a little bit confused as to right. So let me let me kind of let me clarify how how this works. So if she doesn't go back, then that would be considered a resignation. And if you've resigned, then of course you don't get severance. Uh, if there's right. a job and she doesn't go back, then that's a resignation. Now, if she does go back, she may still not get severance because guess what? If they in fact declare bankruptcy, the chances of her getting severance are very, very slim because uh, secured creditors are going to get paid before her. So right. definitely she won't get any severance if she resigns and she quite likely won't get severance even if she does go back. Now, vacation, any vacation that she has accrued, they have to pay out no matter what. Even in a bankruptcy situation, they have to pay out whether she resigns or whether she goes back they have to pay that out but in terms of severance unfortunately uh the only way she would get severance is if they go out of business but not actually bankrupt those are different things if they go bankrupt she's not like likely to get anything well that's really unfortunate yeah i know i know it's terrible it's kind of the death of employment rights uh when it comes to bankruptcy that's really the only thing that can kill employment rights is bankruptcy can i just follow up with that quickly so how does how did Sears differ from this? They didn't. They did. They didn't. So everyone, they were. They didn't. It was so I do love. They had, so Sears had to pay out due to our pension stuff related to that, or related to um, because yeah, I, Sears, Sears employees did not get uh, severance. There were some pension amounts that were paid, but they not, did not uh, get severance. So, you know, I spoke about that many times. Then, unfortunately, there were yeah. people that owed as much as two years' pay, and they may have gotten pennies on the dollars, some of them, but but no, for right. the most part, they did not get any severance. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. You guys have a good night. Uh, thanks, Brett. Appreciate your time as well. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll take a short break. Here, go right back to it. Got lots of lines open. Bring on your calls just like that. Get some information. Clear your head. It is uh, 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show right here. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And back indeed, the number 416-870-6400. Again, 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of time and lots of space. Bring on your calls. You have questions, want to talk about it. John, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Good, uh, good evening. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Hey, How are you John. doing? How you guys doing? Good. What's up? Good. Okay, What's so happening? I'm calling, I'm calling on behalf of my wife. Um, she's been with a financial institution for about 10 years now, and she's on her mat leave, which ends next next week, basically. So her employer is asking her to extend it to 18 months, in which she probably won't be paid for those 18 months because she's already swallowed it all in the 12 months. And I guess they're assuming that she'll go on serve then. Is this the proper uh, routine? 
Well, keep in mind that the CERB is for those that uh, lose their job be because of the of the virus, right? So if it's a different situation, she probably doesn't even qualify for the CERB. Uh, yeah, unless yeah. they they simply lay her off. Uh, the reality is this: they have to give her her job back. She's she's allowed to go back to work, as long as there's a, a job. If they're closed or if they've had to let go yeah. half the people because of the virus, and That's they have to do that to her, then yes, she can qualify for the CERB. So yeah. it, it is ultimately her decision about mad leave. But they can decide, of course, to extend the uh, or to uh, put a layoff as long as it's legitimate. As long as they're not picking. On her, does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it's because the uh, it's not a branch, so basically they've changed their hours, reduced hours, and they've also uh, swallowed up another branch. You know, so it's all condensed. There's not as many people working and whatnot. So basically, yeah, there's just not the hours for her to, to actually fill in uh, her spot as normal. But if but it's like COVID related, mask, if it's COVID yeah. related, if it's other, if it's business reasons, no, not legitimate at all. If it's COVID related, it then yes, yeah. it is. So, so you know what I mean? If they for, they took on another branch, and because of that, no, that that's their problem. They got to figure that out. If it's right. kind of an external factor, COVID came in and really screwed everything yeah, up. Then that's yeah. different. Okay, so shoot, so would be serve is the way to go then. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, thanks for your help, guys. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. 416-870-6400 is the number to call. Lots of room. Come on in. Uh, John, again, how are you? Hi, good. Hello. What's up? Yeah, my question is... Hi there. Um, we got you. Okay. Um, I work for a large company, and they made a mistake on my on my paycheck for a certain week, and they shortchanged me 16 hours. And it's been five weeks, and I'm, I'm having a hard time them to pay me the missing hours is there is there a certain uh, deadline to, uh, whenever whenever there's a payroll mistake like how soon are they supposed to fix it immediately they, they should be yeah. fixing it immediately and then five weeks is completely unacceptable the problem is this it's not a question of whether it's right because that's the easiest thing i'm going to say that's of course it's wrong it's a question of what we do about it now one option you have is you you can file the claim with the ministry of labor that's not going to help you because it's going to take months and months so the easiest thing if you can't get it resolved is you get me to send them a letter and and that usually gives them enough of a kick in the pants or in the well, you know what i have a union I work with the union Ah, uh, okay. Then you gotta talk to the union. Then that—that's yeah, really your only that. recourse at that point. Yeah, already, only, already, only the union. Already, yeah, I already did that. Yeah. So, it's, so the rule is it has to be fixed ACP. Immediately, absolutely. Immediately. So, what happens if I, I don't get a resolution? Well, the, the, the union can file a grievance because you're part okay. of a union. That's lit literally the only option that you have. They can file a grievance. Uh, so you gotta dis discuss that with the union. Maybe even the threat of a grievance may get the the wheels in motion. Good luck with that one, John. Thanks for the call. To reach out, by the way, to Lior when we're not on the air, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Great website. Lots of information there as well. 1-855-821-5900. And email, of course, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But right here and now, it is 416-870-6400. Mehdi, hello there. How are you? Uh, hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. What's up? A uh, quick question. Uh, my wife was just on maternity leave back in March. Uh, on the beginning of March, her maternity leave was done, and, and her office, uh, when, uh, she's a dental assistant, the office was closed, So, and I applied for CERB, and she's been getting the payment. So I'm just not sure if I did the right thing or not. 
Yes, if the office is closed because of COVID, then absolutely. As long as she's not making more than $1,000 from somewhere, then she absolutely can get the, the CRB for four months. No, You've done the right thing. Okay, perfect. That's all I want to know. Okay, thank you. No problem. Great. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. The the fact of the matter is with that call, he probably his wife probably would have got it anyway. But I guess he's concerned, you know, that later on in the year, at the end of the year, he's going to have a, a tax problem if it wasn't legitimate. But it sounds like he's cool. So he it's is smart cool. to check up on it, right? Let, let me say this, John. Yeah. And I, I've, I've spoken with uh, literally thousands of people about the CERB over the mm-hmm. past two, two months or so. So I'm going to give you a prediction here. Uh, seven and a half or so million people have received the CERB. I, I think yep. that of the seven and a half million, two million at least received it when they actually don't qualify. Uh, so you have wow. two million people potentially that one day, you know, maybe even in the near future may have some problems with uh, CRA. So it is important that you understand if you qualify for the CERB before you apply, because if you apply, you will get it. But the fact that you're actually getting the money physically doesn't mean you're entitled to that money. doesn't mean that you qualify. So, uh, yeah, you have to be careful. I, you know, I, probably one in five people that I've been speaking with were, that, that have received the, the CERB don't actually qualify for it. So keep that in mind. Wow. Yeah, there's no game in the system, man. It'll catch up to you eventually. So just, you know, buyer beware, I guess, is, uh, is what you take from that. 416-870-6400, the number to call in, ask your questions, bring it on. Got tons of time. In the meantime, you must do something about it when you are being recalled back from work but being paid less. Yeah, this is important, especially right now. So, And, and this happens yeah. is happening right now to many people. Call back to work, great. But, sorry, we're going to pay you 75% or we're going to pay you 50%. Uh Oh, not so good, right? Uh, So the question then becomes, well, what do we do about it? So here's the thing. You have a few options. The first option is obviously you can say, yeah, no problem. I'll continue to work. Uh, I'll go and make 75%. Don't recommend this. Second option uh, is you can treat that as a termination. You can say, I'm not accepting that, and if they do it anyway, you have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. A significant pay cut, a pay cut of more than 10%, gives you the right to treat that as a termination. So that's the second option. The third option, though, is kind of a bit of a combination. So here's what the third option is. Third option is you send your employer an email and say, okay, employer, I'm going to come back to work and I'll take the pay cut, but just so you know, I am only going to do that on a temporary basis, and I expect my salary to increase as soon as possible. Because if you do that, then your employer down the road, if they decide not to increase your salary, you can still pursue a constructive dismissal at that time. If you don't send that email, right. all right, then if they never increase your salary back, you can't do anything about it. So if your salary is decreased now when you're call, being called back to work, you have to do something about it. Either treat that as a constructive dismissal or send that email that I've said. If you simply don't do anything and you continue going back to work without saying anything, that's an acceptance. And then if your employer never increases your salary again, you won't be able to do anything about it. 416-870-6400 to ask your questions. Tony, thanks for uh, standing by. How are you? Good evening. Hi, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you my bet. question is, I'm, uh, I'm on disability, CPP disability, and I normally earn about $5,000 a year uh, over and above my disability, and that's, that's allowed uh, according to the guidelines. So I have been working all year. I work part-time, um, but I've applied twice for the $2,000 supplement. So I was wondering if at the end of this year, if, if that 
$4,000 I've received can be applied to the work that I've lost by working part-time or if they're going to pull it back or any thoughts on, on that? So uh, did you lose your job recently because of uh, COVID? Well, I haven't been able to work because I've got my parents that are home that are sick as well, and I don't want to take any chances. The government, everybody's telling me to stay home and, and, and self-isolate, and that's what I've been doing. I've been following the rules, and, and uh, you know, I work part-time as, a, as an Uber driver, and I haven't been doing any driving at all because I'm afraid of, of, of you know, getting sick or bringing, I mean, my, I have underlying health conditions. My folks at home have underlying health conditions. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put anybody at risk, including myself, and so I've just been following the rules, and I haven't been working. So, essentially, I'm yeah. self-employed, and I haven't been, I haven't been working because every, every form of government is saying, if you can stay home, stay home. So, yeah. So, so strictly speaking, strictly speaking, Tony, uh, you, you don't qualify for the CRB because you're, you're, you could be working. I'm not saying you should be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should be, but you could be working, and, and you've decided not to for what I think are legitimate reasons. So the best way to do to deal with that is make sure if if CRA ever knocks on the door and says, uh, "Oh no, what, what's going on." Make sure you have a doctor's note. Get one now and keep that in a drawer in case you need it, saying you should not be working for health reasons. If you have that, that should protect you if they want the money back, okay? But strictly speaking, you're not entitled to it. Get that doctor's note, not in the future. Get it now, okay? And if your doctor gives you a note agreeing with what you said, that you should be off work, not working, keep that there. If you need it, you have it, and that will help you. Okay, I appreciate your advice. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. And continued health, my friend. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the number you want to use. D, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Uh, hi there. Um, I worked in a unionized uh, or worked for a unionized environment for uh, about two years. Uh, when I began work, I asked for accommodation and was immediately put on uh, short-term disability. Uh, I was denied long-term uh, but then given a position which I was uh, subsequently unable to do because of my disability and need for accommodation. I was put on short-term disability again and have just been denied long-term disability for the second time. And uh, the company and the union are saying that I I have to wait until my seniority comes due for them to accommodate me, wondering if there's anything I can do. So with respect to the accommodation, can't can help you ultimately because it's up to the, the union and your employer to figure that out. And even if I told you they're wrong, it doesn't really matter because the only one that can help you is the union. Now, in terms of disability, if your doctor feels that you should be off on a disability, that you should not be working, then yes, we may be able to help you get uh, your disability coverage from the insurance company even though you are unionized. So here's what I want to do. I want you to reach out to me off air, I'm going to connect you with uh, my partner, Sivan Tumarkin, who is uh, the head of our disability practice. Let him chat with you. Let me let him also see a copy of the collective agreement, and we'll figure out if we can help you with the insurance company. Can't help you with your employer. Can't help you with accommodation. But if your doctor backs you up and supports you about going off on a disability leave, we may be able to just get the insurance company to do what it's supposed to, which is to pay you those benefits. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, D. Appreciate that. Reaching out as well, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number to uh, get a hold of Lior, Savannah, or the rest of the team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can always go to employmentlawyer.ca as well. Moving on down the line to Priya. Hi, Priya. Hi, Dave. How are you? 
Good evening. Hi, good evening. Um, so I have a quick question for you. Um, so I actually used to work here for a bank at their call center, um, and we have like adherence and everything that we have to um, follow for sure. So early I was not so good with it, but I was improving. Um, and then they just let me go today say, say, stating that the business doesn't need me anymore. This was within my three-month probationary period. So um, what are the next steps that I can do when I know that I was improving? Like what, what is in my favor? So Priya, they're allowed to let you go for any reason, even if you were improving, even if you were a stellar employee, it's simply a question of do they owe you a severance and how much severance they owe you. It's not a question of are they allowed to let you go. So you, you've been yeah. there for three months roughly, right? Yes. And, and how old are you, Priya? Um, 25, 24, sorry. So in your situation, you'd probably be owed right around three weeks pay. Uh, now that is only if your employment agreement doesn't in fact limit you or doesn't allow them to let you go in the first three months without compensation. It's possible that your employment agreement says in the first three months we can let you go without paying you anything. If it says that, then unfortunately they don't owe you anything. If it doesn't say that, you could be owed as much as three weeks pay. Okay. Does that make sense? So it's not about whether or not you, you were improving or a good employee. I absolutely believe you that you were a good employee. It's simply a question of do they have to pay severance only because an employer can let you go for any reason pretty much as long as they pay severance. So how can I find out about my employee collective agreement? Oh, you had a collective agreement? Uh, no, like how, how do I find out about the employee agreement? That oh, okay. That well, the, look through your records and grab a copy of the employment agreement you signed when you started and send me a copy of it. Okay. I'll have to. Okay. Thanks, Priya. Appreciate that. Got to, I got to move on. Here's how you do that. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the, uh, the email address. They're, uh, they're coming through fast and furious. We will get to you. Bill, good evening. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, Billy. What's what's on your mind? I have a question. Um, we have a couple of employees, but they are contract employees. So they're contracted to us. They work specifically for us. And we were wondering, because now there's basically no work for them to do, if we were to lay them off, would they qualify for the, the uh, $2,000 a month? Yes, they would qualify. Self-employed individuals do qualify, so so they could start getting it now for up to four months, so that's not an issue. One thing to keep in mind, you know, I'm not going to say more than this because we're running out of time, but they may be considered to be employees in the eyes of the law because they work exclusively for you, and if that's the case, they may come knocking on the door and ask for severance. So you may want to connect with me off air so we can chat about that more, but to answer your specific question, yeah, they would qualify for the CERB. Okay, perfect. Thanks very much. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. If you want to reach out, uh, you can do so. one 821 5900 Moving on down to Dana. Hi, Dana. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Great. What's uh, what's your question? Okay, so I've been on dis long-term disability for about three years now. Um, I worked for the provincial government, and um, I'm still ill. I cannot go back to work. Um, like the insurance company hasn't bothered me. I, it's just that I've gotten a new um, case manager, and she called and asked a whole bunch of questions. So I'm a little, you know, paranoid. Is it is, is it possible that they can cut me off now? Like even though I'm still disabled and I have all doctors and specialist notes and everything. 
Well, it, it's is it possible? Yeah. Is it legal? No, right? But unfortunately, these things do happen, which is why you know we, we have to help often individuals in that situation. That said, you do want to answer the questions because if you don't answer the questions that she's, she's asking you, then they can cut you off for not cooperating. So you always want right. to cooperate. If they oh, cut you off, yeah. if they cut you off when your doctor still supports you, you want to reach out to us as soon as possible. Is it possible they would do that? Unfortunately, it's possible. It would not be legal, so we'll be able to resolve it. But definitely for now, make sure you cooperate. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Thanks, Dana. Appreciate uh, your time as well. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to, uh, if need be, call Lior or Savannah and, uh, and take care of that if they do end up cutting you off. Got uh, Patrick on the line. Hey, Patrick, good evening. Good evening, you guys. Lior, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I have uh, two jobs. Um, my first job, I just accepted my first full-time position with the school board, with the job, and uh, I want to leave my second job now. But because it's with the school board, uh, usually the staff go on employment insurance during the months of July and August. Now I'm thinking because if I leave my second job now, because I've I always wanted to once I accept a full-time position, but will that be a red flag collecting the CERB during those months? Considering I may have might look like I turned down work in a way. If if you quit, then unfortunately you don't qualify for the CRB. The CRB is only for those individuals that don't have work because of the virus. So if you have a job that you could be working and you quit, then you would not qualify. It's, it's as simple as that, Patrick, unfortunately. Is there like a, a period between when it – I'm just thinking because I would like to leave the job now. I've accepted the full-time position now, and I would still be working at my first job full-time up until – July and August. So I'm not sure. Is there a gray area there? No, it really comes down to whether or not you quit or whether or not you lost your job because of the virus. And if you quit in July or August or whenever it is, then that's still a resignation. And even though you may not have any income for a while because your other job doesn't start till September, uh, you would not qualify for the CRB. Okay, well, that's good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate the call. It was a good one. Moving on finally to, uh, to Lee. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good evening. Great. Okay, so my question is, I qualify for the CRB, but I have a part-time job, and it pays just over $1,000, but I'm self-employed. So after business expenses, I should be okay, right? Uh, it is really gross income uh, that they're looking at uh, because th- for them to start to analyze, you know, what deductions and if they're appropriate. No, if if you're any more than a thousand dollars gross, then what the government is saying. So so don't shoot the messenger. Is that you wouldn't qualify for the CRB, unfortunately. Okay, because I'm confused with the message on April the 27th that says that we could deduct the business expenses. Huh. Yeah, no, I, that, that's what the government is telling us, and all, all I can do is relay that. So it, it is gross income that applies when it comes to CRB, not net income. Your net income could be potentially zero. I get that. But they're looking at gross income, not net income. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate uh, appreciate your reaching out. Appreciate your time. We've got to a, a couple emails here uh, quickly. George says, I made over 5000 last year and making less uh, less than one thousand a month now, and cannot make more due to COVID. Do I qualify for CERB? 
Yeah, and absolutely he does. And and you know, when the the CRB was initially announced, you had to have zero income in order to qualify, but that was changed some time ago. So now you can still earn up to one thousand dollars a month. Again, gross income, as I was saying, mm -hmm. and still qualify for the CRB. So yes, George, you do qualify. You can apply, and you you'll be just fine. Naomi writes in says, Lior, just wondering if someone has a sibling pass away, are they entitled to bereavement uh, days off with pay? So, no. Unfortunately, in Ontario, you get two days unpaid for bereavement leave, but that's it. There's no paid days in Ontario for bereavement leave. Uh, some employers may have their own internal policy that they will allow you paid time off if a family member passes away, but no. Otherwise, the law only provides for two unpaid days. Tanya writes in, again, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Tanya says, uh, if you do not want to work front-facing with customers, do you have the right to refuse work and then collect CERB? I guess another person who's scared to work, right? Yeah, and, and in most yeah. cases, the answer is if you don't go to work, that is a resignation, and you would have lost your job and be disqualified from the CERB. Now, if you have a medical condition and you have a doctor's note, doctor saying, you should not be doing this. That protects you. Then you don't resign, and you do qualify for the CRB. But, John, you have to have that doctor's note. And that'll do it for tonight. Appreciate all your phone calls and correspondence. Moving on, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. The email, the website is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, the phone number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Stick around on point. Coming right back with Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.